Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Clarks. I'm your co-host, Javian. And I'm your other co-host, Tyler. And today we're going to be talking about some very important issues, as, as typical here at, at the podcast, the Coffee and Clarks podcast. But we're, we're certainly happy to be back. We've been off for a few weeks because it's a major life uh, developments. We'll get to that in <laughs> very, very shortly. But before we get to today's topic and the events that's are that's going on in our in our worlds, uh, let's first talk about a little bit of a uh, coffee, shall we? So, uh, Tyler, for today's episode, what are you sipping on? Yeah, so I got a bag of beans from a local roaster in D.C. It's called Small Plains Coffee, and it's. Uh, the region is single origin from Ethiopia, and uh, the flavor flavor notes are jasmine. Sorry, I got the bag here, so I'm reading it. Jasmine, <laughs> peach ring, and lemon curd. Um, pretty good so far. When I first tried it, I bought the beans like a week ago. You could really taste the jasmine, like jasmine tea, and it caught me off guard a little bit because I was like, ah, oh, it's just too much like tea flavor. Uh, but since then, it's kind of changed over the week and has gotten a little bit, that tea has gotten a little bit uh, more subtle and it's less like in your face. So that's been nice. So it's awesome. been it's been pretty good, though. What about you? Awesome. Nothing wrong with a little cheat sheet there. Um, so <laughs> so I, 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 I've been drinking two beans and um, the, the first one that I, I had yesterday, I, I want to talk about because I, I just ran out of it. It's a whiskey infused uh dark roast and it is very potent <laughs> not in terms of like his alcohol content or anything like that it's just like it's super bold like it really hits you and and, and when i first open it back like it's just like the smell just like washes over you more more intensely than like you know normal coffee beans uh but today i i just literally cracked open a um Oh, well, I, I should have mentioned that the, the whiskey infused is by a um, company called Black Dog out in uh, South Carolina. Uh, but so the, the new bag I'm drinking today, uh, new beans I'm drinking today, is from, of course, my favorite, uh, Perks Coffee. Uh, this is, I've never had this one. This is uh, their their Perk Up uh, coffee. It's a, a blend. Um, so it's a medium roast. It's a nice blend. Um, I just cracked open the bag, maybe maybe like 10 minutes before we started recording. So uh, it's really fresh. It's, uh, you know, I've had only maybe three or four sips of it so far, but so far so good. Uh, it tastes really refreshing and it's, it's, it's very light. Um, so excellent. I, I had to do it on my um, French press this morning because I realized I was out of uh, coffee filters nice. for, for my Chemex. So today was a uh, uh, um, French press kind of day. So uh, so yeah, that's what I'm drinking. So all all around. Cheers. Nice. Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. So on on the podcast, we've been away for a few weeks and one of well, one of the main reasons is, you know, Tana and I, I both have been like really busy with work and, and, and different projects and stuff. But more importantly, Tyler, and I'm gonna give him the floor, Tyler has been very blessed with a growing family so right. <laughs> tyler is now a father and he has a new baby boy him and his wife 
So congratulations to Tyler and his wife, Allison, on a new baby boy, Oliver. So tell Tyler, I, I have no idea. You know, I'm not a father and that terrifies me to be completely honest. So tell me like, what what's that experience? It's been a few months now, um, but what's that experience been like? Because in some way to uh, talk about like our, our topic, which is you're going to be talking about like adversity. This is the good kind of adversity, but it is somewhat adversity trying to figure out your life and your schedule and how to manage a new life, literally, that you're responsible for. So could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think everybody talks about, you know, things to prepare for before the baby is born and um, things to read about and mentally prepare yourself, but there's, there's really nothing you can do to prepare yourself for that moment. It kind of just happens. And then you hope that you are equipped with the tools necessary to kind of carry out and keep this, keep this baby alive, so to speak. But, um, I will say my wife, Allison has been tremendous and it's amazing what females can do, particularly giving birth. That whole experience is a whole conversation within itself. And, uh, just had just gave me even more respect for women and what their bodies are capable of doing. Uh, so with that said as well, um, there's a saying, it kind of has like two different ways, adapt or get lost mm. or adapt or die. And um, I've been thinking about that over the last two and a half months because he's, he's not three months yet, but two and a half. Um, and really, it's true. I mean, you, you have to adapt to the changing circumstance. So in my case, right off the bat, it was uh, the lack of sleep, you know, and, and I mean, lack of sleep, like this kid's feeding like every like hour and a half, two hours. And so he's up and diaper changes and all that kind of stuff. And so really the first, I'd say like six weeks, you're not really sleeping much at all. And it's pretty rough to be honest, because you're, you're functioning at, you know, maybe 25, 30% of your capability, which is very difficult. Uh, and so I think being able to understand that you're going to have to adapt the, the ways that you did things, you can still do those things, maybe activities that you engaged in, but how you went about it is going to have to change. It's literally like a puzzle piece. Like every day it's like, okay, this is what I have. And then how can I fit my stuff around his schedule? It's something that you and I were talking about earlier is, is his schedule changes every week based upon like, oh, you know, two weeks ago, he was going to bed at 7.30, 8 o'clock. Now he's going to bed at like 6.30. And so figuring out, okay, I can get this done before then, this and that. Um, it's, it's incredibly complicated at moments. You have to stay on top of it. Uh, but I think teamwork is crucial. I feel like my wife and I have been doing a really good job of tag teaming and communicating with each other and letting each other know when one needs to tap out and needs to get out for a second to get a breather and vice versa, as well as just knowing that like, uh, you know, for me personally, she's like, Hey, I know exercising is a thing you're really passionate about. Like, go and do that. Like, I know you need to do that. And then when you come back, you can kind of take over. But I think in general, it's, it's taught me a lot about patience. Um, the fact that, you know, what you see in him, he's got the same needs and wants that, that we do. He just has a harder time expressing them. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe sometimes too, it's like the fact that like he actually expresses his needs by crying right now. Whereas like some of us adults, we don't actually express what we need. We just like keep it in. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like, 
yeah, and it, it's cool to see him Steve. grow. Yeah, it's cool to see him grow and, and um, being able to now, like, he's starting to be able to grab things and pull mm-hmm. on things. Like, this morning he, like, grabbed his pacifier out of his mouth and, like, held it, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Uh, so... Yeah, it's been a great experience. We're very, very fortunate that everything worked out from the birth. Mom is healing great. I mean, nothing wrong on his end. He's healthy. He's he's feeding good. He's doing all the things he should be. Um, so it's it's really great. And I think um, in general, yeah, I, I would say if you're hesitant about having children, you really need to have a talk with yourself about it. Um, because, you know, people will say like your life changes when you get married. No, I didn't really change that much. It changes when you have a child. That is for sure. And I think the biggest reason is because your time is not your own anymore. It is given up. Like you have to be willing to sacrifice things for that person, even more so than your spouse. That's at least one of the biggest takeaways I've realized. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Uh, that's that's a TED talk on its own. Um, oh, yeah. please. <laughs> no, that's that's great. And, and you know, you mentioned some some very profound things that you know I never really considered. Um, so certainly that's true. And you're going, you're literally going through it. You know, these past few months. So seeing that shift, and you know, we've had some conversations. Um, off camera about how things are going and and kind of seeing like that switch go off uh it's been kind of at least as an outsider looking in it's it's been kind of cool to see um you go through that and um and and how you're managing not just this this new life in your in your hands also like with your job and the responsibilities with that and so absolutely and this is part of, I guess, a good segue to kind of like our, our topic today. So, you know, one of the things, you know, we talked about that, or at least one thing I wanted to talk about is um, like how to deal with adversity when it strikes, because at some point we're all going to face it, some on a, a larger level than than others. And, and But I think at some point, rather it's facing issues in your playing or facing adversities in your job or career, facing adversity in your life is, you know, how do you handle those situations? And obviously, depending on the situation, it's going to be unique. Um, but if we're, let, let's, since we're talking about, you know, you, you have this, this new life, let's maybe expand to like, how, how do we face adversity in our lives and in our, you know, playing careers? Let's just say careers in life let's 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 marry those two ideas together um so i i've shared this story with you and i I might have mentioned it on on this podcast about um when i went through some like serious adversity and and this is a story i share all the time with my students and people who ask sometimes i give them a a abbreviated version of the story but uh uh, you know when i was you know in grad school i'm sure i've talked about it on here, but I, I, I had a very, very tough time. Uh, I was having serious issues playing, and I, I, and, and once that happens, because unfortunately, as trumpet players, or probably most musicians, or most people who are super focused on on a career path, you see your value of yourself through the success or failures that you're you're going through each day. So. 
you know, as I was going through this really, really tough time, I did not know how, at the time, I didn't know how to handle it, you know? And then my whole like mental state just took like a nosedive. I was in a very, very dark place. Um, and this, in, in this year that this took place, this was like the very first time that I had serious doubt about what I was doing and my plans for my life, you know, since basically high school, my goal was to, you know, play trumpet and I wanted to teach at a college. I've known this since at a, a fairly young age. And this year was the first time I seriously doubt, doubted myself that I'd be able to do this. So, well, maybe I don't have what it takes, you know? Um, but it kind of took me through a, a dark place. So, for me, that was my adversity, you know, and trying to figure out how to handle that. Um, for me personally, I, to deal with that, I just kind of removed myself from the situation, you know. Uh, I, I was very fortunate that I was able to do that. I mean, everyone may not have that opportunity to kind of shift gears and, and remove yourself from that environment or that place. Um, but I was very fortunate in and, and, and doing so, in, in many ways, it was like, you know, I could breathe again, you know, it's like, oh, now I'm at a place where I'm happy. I'm at a place where I feel supported. I'm at a place um, where I'm familiar with my environment, you know, mm -hmm. and then I could get my uh, mental state together, which then affected my physical state. You know, yep. this is around the same time where, you know, I went through this whole, you know, you know, this whole like health, uh, physical health uh, improvement, you know, I lost a lot of weight, I started working out, you know, this was all part of my transformation and, and, and figuring out um, where I want to go from here, you know, that year is kind of like rock bottom, and in many cases, it really was, um, I was really, really struggling, and so for me, that was, that was my adversity, and I, I feel very fortunate to say I got out on the other end of that, but in the darkest days of those of that time, I honestly did not think it would happen. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned too, I think a couple of things you can pull from that is you're able to step back. And I think that's something that is really important when you're in the thick of it, is being able to kind of have a bird's eye view of your situation. Because a lot of times, particularly in a college university setting, you're just like, in, you're just, in it all the time and it's hard to see the big picture global perspective and whether that just be like what am i doing am i growing am i getting better or to to your extent like okay what is actually going on here like how is this situation this environment affecting me is this the best thing for me right now and then how do i move forward and so for you to be able to do that and take that step back one allowed you to have a better viewpoint of your situation, but two, allowed you to pivot, right? So you're able to take a situation like that and, and almost flip it upside down and use it to revitalize yourself, right? You not only, not only change your direction of where you went for your doctorate and the career that you have now, but it also changed your value system. It changed your relationship with the instrument, changed your relationship with your career, also change your relationship with eating and, and exercising, right? So it's like out of this bad came so many, so much more good. 
you know, so if you can have that kind of perspective too, and I, I mean, you and I can echo it, it's extremely hard. And sometimes it takes other people to do that for you. I think that's something that's really, could be really beneficial is having somebody that's not in the thick of it with you be able to provide perspective uh, because they can kind of see things from a different lens. And I think that is really, really important. Just like if you and I were to catch up and I were to talk to you about things that I'm going through, you're probably going to be able to say, hey, calm down. Like, you know, here's the information that I'm gathering from you. Here's the big overall perspective. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? But it, it really takes having friends or colleagues that are supportive and, and understand you and how you work, but also understand your situation too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think because I had, I had a, a few friends, as I was going through this, I had some, uh, some good friends who kind of like would talk to me about different things. And, and there's one of my good friends uh, who I'm, I'm still friends, but he's a, he's also a, a college professor now teaching. And I don't know if he remembers this conversation or not, uh, but he said something to me that will always stick in my, my head. And it's a very simple thing, but, you know, as I was going through this thing, I, you know, as I was having all this self doubt, he said something, he was like, know your worth. And that was all he said. And to me, for some reason, him saying that to me, maybe saying it to me at that particular day, at that particular time, just like really clicked with me. And from that moment, I was like, oh, you're right. I can I can do better than this. And I could be in an environment that's better for me. And from that moment, I was like, all right, I got to make a change. And, you know, and there's something else that um, our teacher, Dr. Christopher Moore at FSU always says, and like when we're like in a lesson or I don't know if he ever said it to you, but he's definitely said it to me when you're like really like stressed out, you're trying really hard to like learn this stuff or you're stressed out, maybe you're having a bad playing day or whatever it is. He, He will always just say like, man, it's just a trumpet. It's not that serious. It's like, it's just a trumpet. So I, I understand that, you know, our goal working on this is to, um, you know, work on our craft each day. But like at the end of the day, it's just a trumpet. And do with that as you may. You know, and, I, I, and that kind of brings perspective back to what you're doing. You know, it's just a trumpet. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think our culture and society, I mean, I, I was thinking about this like the last couple of days in a book that I'm reading. And, um, you know, we, in our career specifically, we're technicians, right? I mean, we are so hyper-focused on doing one thing really, really, really well. And you can get lost doing that. You can lose yourself doing that thing. And it's unfortunate that... Um, that a lot of us have to go through that to, to make a living, to do these things because most people don't. And, um, and yeah, I think it's important to remind yourself that, like you said, you're more than just playing your instrument and also that you have other skill sets that are potentially untapped and to really, a lot of times too, in those dark moments, um, those other skill sets you tap into, right? Like, like you working out and you're dieting and all these things, like you're able to like tap into those things that were already there. You just now had an opportunity to realize it and give attention to those things, 
Whereas before your attention was directed to this one thing in general, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what I found for myself in the seasons that I've been going through is, is being able to look at myself and be like, wow, like this is just an aspect of what I do and I could put this away and never touch it again. But I have all these skill sets now to, to use towards Mm -hmm. other things which is way more important than just like, all right, I'm going to be an expert in one thing. Um, and you know, another thing too, I was listening to a podcast with Matthew McConaughey and <laughs> he talks about false peaks. Hmm. And I think this really hit me when winning this job. I was thinking, gosh, yeah, I was thinking yesterday, I was like, you know, one of the worst things that ever happened to me and one of the best things that ever happened to me was winning this job. And the reason being is because when you're practicing for an audition, whether orchestra, military band, every day you're going for perfection. And at some point that's going to break you down. And at some point you're going to say, well, if I did, if I had perfection and execution in this audition, then I need to be able to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And for me, that has wrecked me. That has been one of the worst things that has ever happened to me. And that is something that I'm working on breaking because it's not realistic. Like to, to go out every day and expect perfection from yourself is just not, it's not healthy. It's going to literally drive you insane, drive you to injury, drive you to dystonia, drive you to a, a slew of things, right? Um, but also with that, Matthew McConaughey talked about false peaks. And so we think, particularly in music school, if I get this job, ah, then things will line up. And this, this goes hand in hand with adversity. Or if I get this military banner, if I get this orchestra job, then boom, I'm here. And all this is is false peaks because we get here and then we get hit with adversity or something happens and we're like, but I thought when I got here, like that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't experience X, Y, and Z. Again, it's false. Like none of that is true. And I think that's something that needs to be taught more is that, um, the goal is that you're always going like this, mm-hmm. however slow it may be in your personal development, right? And yeah, you might have highlights along the way, but those aren't the peaks, right? The peaks, are it's never ending. Like you'll never ever truly reach the top, the peaks, so to speak. But these little moments of glimmer that you might have, we get so fixated on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody getting that tenure, like that's it, boom, I'm good. And it's like, no, it doesn't stop there. It's like you could get tenure and then you might go in the darkest period of your life afterwards, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it just, you just never know. And so I think like we have to reshape and, and almost expect adversity. You know, like it's going to be there regardless of how much success you have in your personal career, whatever it may be. And that's the other thing too. Like we, we try to separate or, or we look at like what we do and how we do it as like the peak, like our job, like again, going back to this identity thing, but it's like, no, like, everything that you do influences one another, right? And so it's like you mentioned, it was like once you were able to emotionally kind of get back to to even, right? You notice how that affected your physical health, Mm -hmm. right? And it's true in this other book that I'm reading right now, it talks about how the emotional stresses affects your physical performance, you know? So I don't know, I just, this topic of, of adversity is interesting because Every time you go through something, there's always something to be learned and to be gained. And I think it honestly, it makes you stronger. I mean, it's like the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But really, it's true. I mean, it's like you learn more about yourself. You learn more about your weaknesses, your blind mm-hmm. spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, usually that adversity will hit you in a place where 
weaknesses that you have in your growth and development can toughen up and get stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've never um, heard of this idea of like the false peak, but it is very, very true. Like what, as you were talking, I was thinking about when I got my, my current position here at uh, Valdosta State, you, you get the job, you're really excited. It's like, all right, great. I'm in the job. This is all what I've, you know, been working towards all the all these years. And now I have the job. And then, you know, for me personally, what I experience is like after having the job for the first few weeks and learning how to uh, manage like practice and teaching and playing the orchestra um, here in Valdosta, I was really struggling. You know, I was there was some time, especially my my very first semester, really my first year, granted COVID happened, but in that, that first semester and a half, let's just call it that, um, I, I was having like some like issues because, you know, I'll be in, in a, teaching a lesson and like, I am dog tired, right? After like teaching and you're trying to model something for your student and you're not getting the response that you're, you know, you're capable of, or you just, it just, it just won't happen today. And and then you feel like, in some ways, a failure because it's like I expect to play this section of their solo at a very high level at all times, um, regardless of the situation. Because I got the job, therefore I am great, right? Right. And that's just not the reality. And I've had to accept that about myself, and and then also find ways to kind of manage my playing and lessons to where I'm not so tired, you know, so early in the day or, or what have you trying to find that balance as we've always talked about. But I, I've certain, and even to this day now, I'm still figuring out that part of the job because there are days where I, I you know, you expect to, you know, I, well, let me put it like this. I, I remember I had my uh, first uh, faculty recital here at VSU and let me tell you, it was the most nerve-wracking performance I've ever given in my life. And that's because I put all this pressure on me um, to, like, play this recital, like, exceptionally well. Like, this has to be recording quality well. Like, there can't be any misses. And, like, I remember like being sick, like I woke up slightly sick that morning and I was like, oh no. And like, I was just like not feeling well at all that entire day. Even when I got to the recital, I was lightheaded. I was like, you know, I wasn't sure if I should even do the recital. That's how bad it got. But I think a part of that is because I've like built all this anxiety in my body mentally that it was uh, manifest manifesting like physically in some ways. Uh, and, you know, I, I, after the recital, I had to do some like, quote unquote, soul searching, like, why do I feel this way? Why am I putting this much pressure on myself? You know, I, I'm not perfect. There's going to be things, there's always things, right? And you kind of have to let that go. So for me, you know, facing that kind of adversity is a, an ongoing thing, right? accepting that it's okay you're you're going to have some failures along the way and that's part of life that's part of having a job that's part of you know what we do uh, and, and and being okay with that right we got to let that part of ourselves in some way die a little bit you know and and being okay with just being who you are 
Um, so yeah, it's, it, I've never thought about it as a false peak, but that's certainly what I was experiencing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And to echo what you said, this is actually something that Jan Kagarice has been working with me, um, particularly in my retraining process. Um, so what you said right there, you mentioned, um, you mentioned that there, it's almost like this, you've built something up, right? And it's all psychological because at the end of the day, the students really don't care. Like they're going to continue living their life. But what happens if you get a different job and it's like maybe a, you know, slightly, the brand might be a little bit different, you know, right, right. Uh, quality of recruits a little bit different. Does your expectation of yourself go up? Now it's okay. Well, I got some pretty studded, you know, kids coming in. Now my expectation has to be like, I really know my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, before you know it, every single thing you do, oh, I'm giving a recital at ITG with this title on it, right? It's like all of a sudden, like you're creating this false image, this narrative of yourself that you have to be this thing. And I remember Jan, there were two takeaways. I remember I was really frustrated and I was like, Jan, things aren't working. Like I'm just getting so mad. And she's like, you don't have the luxury to be frustrated. You have a limited amount of energy every single day that you choose to put where. And so right now you're putting all your energy into being frustrated and none of that is helping you retrain. All that is doing is shutting the body down from learning. And so you're going in the cycle of not learning and just getting frustrated. Or you can take that energy and put it somewhere else into learning and to just letting go. Again, she says like you're a perfectionist and you got to have that, you got to take that monkey off your back. Because until you do so, you're not going to be able to learn and actually meet and, and get your full potential. Um, and this is another thing, too, one of her assistants said to me. This was like a week ago or so. He's like, yeah, it still feels like you're trying to prove yourself to people. And, and to feel that like you have to show people your value. He's like, you don't have to do that. Like nobody's asking you to do that. You know? And I feel like when you're in school, you're constantly trying to prove yourself. When you're in a new job, you're constantly trying to prove yourself, prove your value to people. There's no need to do that because all of a sudden now you're realizing you're giving all this energy to other people, to other things. And those people are going to go at some point from their positions and jobs. And it's like, what are you left with? Mm -hmm. Again, it kind of goes back to in some way that's people pleasing. You're trying to please those people. And you say, well, well, of course, I'm, I'm trying to get tenure. I'm trying to do these things. But then... Are you making decisions that are best for you or making it based upon, well, that person probably thinks I should do these things, therefore, right? So then the, the dialogue shifts a little bit. But right. anyway, just to kind of echo what you were saying, because, yeah, the, the manifestation of thoughts, I mean, is absolutely true. You can literally make yourself sick, you know, um, by thinking tons of negative things. And so that's been something that I've been really thinking about is catching a thought in the act and choosing how much value I give it, choosing to either diminish it or really like keep that going if it's positive. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, I can't, I couldn't say it any better than you just said. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in, in, in terms of like, you know, obviously we're talking about facing adversity. If we're thinking about in terms of when we meet something when we're practicing or we're working on a skill, what in your experience what's the best way to like face that issue like when you are having like a serious let's just call it crisis in your play like yeah. what do you what do you think are some of like key 
points, you know, maybe just a few that you think are probably the best way to go about handling those situations? Well, I've been going through that for like the last yeah. year, year yeah. with my yeah, injury. You're right, um, right. And I think for six, eight, nine, ten months of it, I've have not dealt with it very well, to be honest. And I think a lot of that is I'm too emotional. Mm. Emotional in the negative way. And so I let my emotions dictate how I feel. I let my emotions dictate my learning process. And so I think when adversity or frustration comes, um, I think one, it's good to assess, like you mentioned, your energy levels, right? Um, It's funny, this came up last week. So I, I emailed Jan and I was like, hey, when I get to my third or fourth session of the day, just things don't work. Things just shut down completely. And I'm like, but I'll go and play later and everything's fine. You know what her advice was? Skip it. Your body is probably in a low energy setting. And so it's just not available to learn. So just skip it completely. And I was thinking, huh, my natural instinct is to plug long and try harder. And hers is to do less. Do less, yeah. I'm like, as an athlete, that makes total sense. Like you give give yourself that break if you go in and you're like, I'm probably not going to be able to push as much as I usually do because I'm... I can feel that I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to trumpet, whoa, we can't do that. <laughs> whoa, now wait, what are you whoa, saying? Don't practice? Did, yeah, like, whoa, you know? And, and so I said, okay, let me try it the next couple of days. And sure enough, it, it's worked. And it's like, wow, like this, people don't really talk about that. You know, it's like we kind of view ourselves as just being able to do it. <sighs> yeah, this conversation came up in my head yesterday in my run. It's like we view ourselves as like, just being robots, being able to do it on demand. And, but by doing that, we lose the, the human element of like, we're humans. Like there's going to be this, yep. Every single, like you look at like a year progression, you look at a day progression, there are ups and downs, Yeah. you know? And yet when it comes to playing our instrument, like we have no forgiveness for ourselves when that happens. We get, I get frustrated. I get angry because I'm like, what well, was here yesterday? Why isn't it here today? You know, so I think the first going back to the original question is if you're feeling, you know, check yourself emotionally and then ask yourself, ask yourself, why are you feeling those emotions? Um, I think one of the great things, too, in this learning process is uh, practicing from a state of observation. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're watching yourself practice and you're observing what's happening. Right. Um, I'll do exercises with Jan and we'll do this thing. And she's like you know, we'll do single tones and she'll be like, all right, next one, play the next one, play the next one, play the next one. And sometimes she'll be like, oh, you're thinking about that note that you played that you missed, you know, 10 notes ago. And she's like, so these last 10 notes, you weren't actually focused at all. And so they were kind of just passing. And it's been super eye-opening for me because I realized like how caught up I was in perfection, right? And how that stirs up different things. You try harder. You try to make it work, you manipulate, you do things so you can get the product that you want in the moment, but over a long-term you know, viewpoint and vision and path, it's very detrimental. Yeah. Now I'm realizing now how much manipulation I would do to get something to work in the moment. And it's, it's just, it's terrible, it's toxic, you know? Um, and it's, it's very unfortunate. Again, back to the original point, I would just say, you know, first, I think you need to start off and, and check yourself emotionally, see where you're at, understand why you're feeling these ways, like make a list, like sit down, put the horn away, 
Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're in that emotional state, you can't learn. Like you're literally, your body starts to shut down. Um, and so, yeah, I would take a step step back and then really, really like look at yourself in the mirror and say, why am I getting frustrated? Is it because I'm putting pressure on myself because I have a studio performance and I care about the presence of my other colleagues and I care about their opinions? Or maybe I had past success and right now I'm like in a little bit of a lull. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, all these things, like asking yourself that. I think the other thing too is like you mentioned, adversity comes in, in waves. So it's to be expected. But I think the other thing too is some adversity is harder than others. Yeah. And so realizing the state that you're in, realizing that, um, that yeah, I mean, sometimes adversity lasts for a week, sometimes it lasts for years. But I think the most important thing is if you can come away being a better person, having grown through it, or uh, developing new skill sets to equip you for future adversity or adverse moments, like that's what it's about. Like those moments aren't to destroy you they're to make you stronger yeah absolutely um and and as we've said before it's how you handle those situations that determines kind of where you go from there um because at the end of the day we're all going to face it on in various ranges but we're going to face it at some point um professionally uh in our personal life you know it's, it's going to happen. So, you know, and I think what you said about like checking yourself emotionally to me is, is so, so important. Um, because as, as I've talked about, like your physical health is directly related to that, that mental health. Um, so, you know, when I've, whenever I talk to students and you mentioned something very, a lot, very interesting about like, uh, you're striving for perfection and then it costs all these other issues. Right. Um, you know, and I, I recently, like last week, had a conversation with one of my students who who really struggles with um, like performance anxiety to the point where it, it's it's a physical reaction where he can't control like like the tremors in his in his setup, and and we, he was just mentioning something like where when did that all start? He said, well, you know, I started in high school and. I had made all state the year before and, you know, I thought I was doing really well, I was progressing. And then my senior year, I auditioned for all state again. And then because I had this title, when I went in for that next audition, I couldn't handle it because I built up this pressure on myself. And ever since then in a performance or an audition, I can't handle that situation because I've put all this pressure of perfection essentially on myself to now I can't almost not quite function um, in in those situations. And, you know, we've, we've talked about, okay, well, the, the obvious things that you have to let that go, granted, that's, that's hard to said than done, right? So, you know, we're, we're working on this, on this same idea when you're, you were talking about when you were working with Jan, it's about like letting that go. No one's putting that on you, but yourself. So as long as you, you know, accept your flaws, I think that's like the first step in the right direction, right? And then we go from there, right? Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly an important issue because again, we're all going to face adversity. And um, it, as I've said, like, it does come in waves. And, and I'm, you were, you were mentioning something earlier and it made me start thinking, um, I have this like, 
uh, conference that I'm performing at in like a, a week from today, actually, <laughs> uh, or I guess two weeks from today. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing some like, like a little tour leading up to the conference at a few universities in the region. Um, and as I'm preparing for it, I, I'm trying to be really mindful of how am I going to feel in the moment and not trying to put this um, extra pressure on myself of like, oh, because I have this title, therefore, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So because I, I want to be in the moment where I'm free, that I'm liberated of that. Right. And one one things I, I talk about is um, when I got my my first job out of college, um, I was a assistant director of bands at a college. And to me, that year was probably the most liberating year in terms of, you know, my profession um, that I've had, because I was in, in many ways removed from trumpet and my responsibilities was conducting and, and, and running a basically a band department and what I came to find is like in the performance I had no anxiety I felt free I didn't feel pressure even on the podium even though I'm responsible for keeping the group together and you know making some musical decisions I felt very free the entire year it's the most fun some of my most fun musical experiences came in that year because I didn't have all this extra pressure on myself. And to me, I'm trying to get to a place where I feel like that when I'm playing. And sometimes I do, but in quote unquote high pressure situations, I haven't figured that out yet. And that's for me, the next step. How do I get to a point of feeling liberated as I'm performing, you know? So one of the things that Jan mentions a lot is obviously like she's very big into the thoughts that you think, right? And so when you're kind of going back and forth between you want to feel this liberation, but then at the same time you feel this title. So you kind of have two separate paths. And so I would ask like if you were to break it down to a percentage, like how often do you think about each one and in what relationship, you know, and then what emotions are triggered by each thought? One of the things that she mentioned, too, is, you know, she's had a lot of success with her students. Mm -hmm. She was like, yeah, I mean, when they got to the performance, like she this is the thing that we're working on right now is getting into flow state mm -hmm. when practicing, uh, which you can't have judgment when you're in flow state. You can have observation, but judgment. No. And so as we're working and getting into that place, it always starts with everything you do prior to even playing your first note on the horn. It's mm -hmm. the setup before it's. Are you stressed? Like what emotions, like what do you bring into the table? Because all that affects how you play. Um, are you, is your mind racing or are you calm and collective, right? And so being able to get yourself to that point before even playing your instrument. And, you know, by getting into this flow state, I've had probably the most like focused practice in my life, even though I'm playing literally single tones. But there's been so much focus there because everything else around me I'm learning how to silence. Or when I get sidetracked, I observe it. I say, okay, I'm off right now, or I'm thinking about this thing, and I bring it back. And before I realized how much of my practicing was, like I would think about things that I have to do or this mm -hmm. and that. It's like, you're actually not in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so she said her students lived that way. They practiced that actively so that when they got to the performance, it was just playing music. 
They weren't thinking about who's in the audience or this or that because they had trained themselves to get into that flow state. So this was just, oh, the same exercise, but in just a different situation, different environment. And that takes a ton of practice, particularly if you're not used to it, and a ton of awareness to be able to understand when you're off and when you're not. And so one of the cool things that her assistant does with me is, is say, okay, for the next few minutes, you're gonna do this exercise. And then you're gonna break from it and say, how much of my, what percentage was my focus of attention on the task at hand? 75%? Okay, observe it. Then go back and do the exercise and say, okay, what was my focus of attention on? Whether it be like, okay, I'm just gonna go for sound on this flow study. And then you take a step back from doing the line. How much of that was, was I focused on the sound? And it's kind of eye-opening if you're being really honest with yourself because sometimes it could be like, wow, maybe 30% of the time I was actually focused. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's, it's the opposite. But I think, it's, um, I think this, what I'm learning from Jan, is a missing ingredient that I was never, that was never really tapped into. It was like, we can read books about it. You can take beta blockers. You can do all these things to kind of manage it but to really have ownership of it. Like this is literally a practice within itself. You have to practice this within the practice room and you have to know what to focus on and you have to like know yourself, like know thyself, know that like I'm a better learner in the mornings than in the evenings. So I expect my focus of attention to go down as the day goes on. It's why my best practice sessions are in the morning because I'm very focused. I have less distractions, you know? So, um, yeah, that's kind of like a different. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's that makes total sense. Um, yeah, and, and like you said, that definitely helps um, deal with adversity. It, and it's 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 more like having the tools to use when you do face these different situations. And you know, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's what this this whole episode is about because, as I've said before, like we're going to face it and it's, it's about finding the tools and developing the tools. So you have them at your disposal when you do face these situations, because we will face them. Uh, it's just a matter of time. If you, if you, if you've been very fortunate uh, to this point to not face any situations, you most likely will. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, I, this is, this episode has kind of turned into a nice little uh, therapy session <laughs> in, in many ways. Yeah, I so. think this is, we focus in so much on like the technician part of what we do. And while that is great, and you could probably teach, you know, an animal at some point to press down valves and to do these things, there's a whole, you, you got to remember, like, as the lips come up, or as the mouthpiece comes up to your lips, there's a human being playing mm -hmm. this thing with thoughts, emotions, feelings, and all that comes through. All that energy comes through the instrument. And whatever you're feeling, all that stuff affects it, you know? And that's why we say like, oh yeah, my performance is usually less than the practice room, right? And, and there's a reason for that because typically when you're in the practice room, you're more relaxed, you're more calm, mm -hmm. you care less about judgment, right? You're more in a state of observation from time to time. But as soon as you get in the performance, you think, crap, I missed that first note. And then where's your focus on? The first yeah. note that you miss as opposed to the next phrase. Yep. Well, that's why we're always amazed by people that like, man, you didn't get caught up, 
you know, when you flustered or missed that lick and you just kept going, your focus was there all the time. We seem to admire that, right? We see that in athletes all the time. Yeah. You know, somebody threw a bunch of picks in the first half and the second half they came back and it was like, you know, we, we like that because it's, um, it shows this discipline. It shows them not getting rattled and it, and it shows them that they're not going to allow negative things to derail them. Right. And, and, and I think we also like that because everyone has that moment on, on different spectrums, right? Where they feel like something and they're not able to handle, you know, the outcome of that. Maybe it continues to affect their day, but to see someone like using the same analogy, someone throws three picks in the first half and comes back in the second half and throws like five touchdowns. We respect that because we've all at on some level have experienced that and may not have had that kind of success. Cause we all like, man, that's, it's, it's amazing to have some level of failure and then turn around and have great success. Like, and, and, and it's very admirable. Um, yeah. And then the question would be, well, what's your relationship to failure like? Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, uh, again, it goes back to like our brain. There's a book that it's like the uh, brain doesn't, what is it? The brain or something keeps score. The body keeps score, right? Oh, it's yes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And it's about trauma, which is very real, <laughs> right? And so that's why like when we make a mistake, the body remembers that. Mm -hmm. But it's do we choose to let it fixate on that or do we choose to let it focus in on something else? And that's something that takes a lot of discipline. That's something that I'm trying to work on now in my current practicing is like really just observing how I feel, being understanding that like it's going to have the ebbs and flows. Uh, some, some days are going to be better than others. Um, and to really like how good can I focus in on? Like can I really focus in 100% or 99%? You know, what does that take? Uh, what kind of awareness do I need to have? And then uh, before you know it, it's like things start to, they talk about like you get lost in time almost. Like you get so fixated. And I've experienced this running before where it's like the body is doing, right? That's eventually the, the goal that we want to get to where the body just happens and you're just in a state of observation, right? It's very zen-like, but it's very true where it's yeah. like it's just kind of happening and you're just kind of like observing it. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, like you're, not, cool. you're not actively thinking like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to play soft here. It's like you're just. Yeah, you're. You're just doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can still, so this is when I was an undergrad at, at uh, FSU. Um, I will, I remember this, I will always remember this performance. It was actually for a jury and I was playing um, Hummel second and third movement for my jury. And I can remember going into that feeling great. And I remember playing this solo and just having this outer body moment where I was like I could do anything I want to do right now and like I have full control over this performance and like I it was probably the I would say like the most liberating I, I use this word liberation but I, I it was the most liberating performance I think I probably still have had to this day to where I'm like I'm so in it that I'm just like if I want to go here, I can go here. If I want to go there, I can go there. If I want to play soft, I can play soft. If I can play louder, I have full capacity of what I want to do. And I'm just like enjoying it, the moment, you know, and it's, it was a beautiful thing. And, and 
I'm trying to recreate that as as often as I can. But yeah, it's it's when it's there, when you have that, and you can recreate that um, consistently. That's 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 the end goal right there. Yeah. Right. And then the question would be, okay, so what did you do prior to that that mm-hmm. led to that thing? Because I'm reading another book called Peak Performance, and it talks about you know, people saying like, oh, I had this magical performance, but it was like a one-off thing. And it's like, no, like you can recreate that. It just takes time and it takes understanding the things that are involved to make that kind of thing happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very, very real thing. And it's, um, again, this is kind of a path that I've been on the last few weeks of really trying to understand this because I think it, it can get lost. I think a lot of times, again, we focus in on external things, jobs, success, um, technical things, but we focus and and we don't focus enough on the emotional, mental side, physical side too of of playing and what comes Mm -hmm. with that because that affects everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, this is kind of a a deep dive here today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like a, a welcome back deep dive. Yeah. Um, so we're going to leave our, our adversity topic for now, but I think based on our discussion today, we can probably come back around to this because uh, it is, it's, it's a forever growing um, um, I, of ideas of how to deal with it. And, and, and based on you know professional life, personal life, our playing and, and, and all the things that we deal with on a, a daily and weekly basis. So we might, we might uh, at some point, revisit this topic uh if you know people are interested in um but you know we're running a little low on time so before we wrap up um let's do something a little lighter much lighter uh so this topic is uh what are we listening to so tyler what have you been listening to recently i don't know if this is lighter but (laughs) wc Well, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, impressionists. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of uh, impressionism and and that. Um, playing it for for my son and oh, uh, it's very peaceful. It's very nice. So um, I actually haven't been listening to too much music. I've been just reading a lot and listening um, <laughs> to some podcasts and a sports talk show. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of been filling my my ears at the moment. I think I go in waves. Mm-hmm. at times um i think another two is i'm reassessing the things that i digest not mm-hmm. like food wise but uh the things that i consume and how it affects me right so that's another thing that i'm kind of taking a step back and, and really saying like okay are these things actually helping me uh move me in the direction that i want to move in from a personal standpoint so right. but um yeah i've been listening to a lot of wc which is really nice i have a deep appreciation for that kind of music. What about you? Um, so uh, one of my students, kind of, well, my students like to kind of put me on new stuff or stuff they think I haven't listened to. Most of the time I've already listened to it. I've not only listened to it, I've like done reviews and that kind yeah. of thing on it. But uh, one of my students, uh, he put me on um, Kenny Garrett's new album called uh, Sounds from the Ancestors. Okay. Um, it's 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 a jazz album. Um, essentially, yeah, it's, there's a little bit like f- jazz fusion, but it's mostly a, a jazz album. It's actually really really good. It's 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 pretty mellow. I mean, there's there's some like free jazz stuff in there, but for for the most part, I felt 
it's really relaxing. You know, it's, it's has a lot of funk and groove in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really mellow for the most part. Um, and I really, really enjoy I've listened to it twice now. I, I like to give a, an album two listens uninterrupted before I like give it a, you know, a true opinion. That's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I've listened to it twice already. Um, and I, I really like, I, I, I would recommend people check it out. It's on Spotify or if you want to purchase it. Yeah, definitely purchase it. Uh, but Kenny Garrett's uh, Sounds from the Ancestor, that's the album I'm listening, well, I just finished listening to the past like week and a half or so. So that's what I've been listening to. Good stuff. Awesome. Great saxophone yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, I, I want to thank you all for listening. We're we're back. We're going to be trying to get back in the groove with our schedules changing. Um, but before we go, we want to make sure that or to remind everybody to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Please subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts you know, like us, share us, give us five stars, all the things. If you are a, uh, a teacher, you know, send this to your, your middle school or high school students. Um, if you are a, you know, an undergraduate or a graduate student, you know, send our, our videos to people that you think would like us. It doesn't have to be uh, all trumpet players. I think one, one of our goals in doing this was to not be so trumpet centric. We want to, you know, kind of open this up to all musicians because um, we think the things we talk about are things that all musicians deal with at on some level. Um, so like us and send us to all your 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 friends, the people you value. Um, so and you can you can follow us personally. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, Nerdy Prof on Instagram and JV and Brabham on Facebook. Um, Tyler's still on his his social media hiatus. But um, I think if they want to send you questions or if they have more questions for you, work, how can they contact you? Mm, I guess Good they question. can send a question to uh, like the Coffee and Clarks and you could relay it. Yeah. I do have the Facebook Messenger app on my okay. phone. So if they send me a message through that, it'll give me the notification. Gotcha. Um, other than that, you got to try to find my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe send them a request or just a message on Facebook Messenger. That's probably yeah. the best way to do it. All right, well, we want to thank you all for listening again. This is Coffee and Clarks. I'm JVM Brabham. And I'm Tyler Duncan. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. <laughs>